You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM, and this week I'm going to put my three heads together because we're talking about the Chimera. Just just to be clear, I know last week I said I was a centaur, but that, that was, of course, just a bit. I'm not really a centaur. And, of course, I'm not really a, a chimera either. Um, that's also just a bit uh, for the purposes of the opening of my podcast. Thanks for listening anyway. You can find the Chimera on page 39 of the 5th edition Monster Manual. And just like last week's Centaur, this is a classic mythological monster, uh, originating in, of course, Greek mythology, where it was slain by Bellerophon. The classical Chimera has a lion's head and a goat's head and a snake for a tail, whereas the Dungeons & Dragons Chimera has three heads, a lion head, a goat head, and a dragon head. It also usually has dragon's wings. In 5th edition, it is a CR6 monstrosity. It's got a 60-foot fly speed. It's got expertise in perception, which I quite like. And then it has multi-attack. It's got three attacks, one with its bite, one with its horns, one with its claws. It also has a recharge 5-6 fire breath weapon, just like a dragon would. And yeah, that's the Chimera. Another simpler kind of one-page monster, but very classic, very mythological, and one that I'm excited to tuck into. So next, we're going to talk about the Chimera's history throughout the various editions of Dungeons & Dragons. To my surprise, the Chimera's first appearance is actually remarkably similar to this one. Back in first edition, it's got the three heads, one of which is a dragon head. I kind of figured that earlier versions of the Chimera would have would have at least played around with the idea of the two heads snake tail version, but that doesn't seem to be anywhere in its history. There's nothing said in the lore about why they exist, uh, but there is one interesting little factoid. They use the plural Chimeri, C-H-I-M-E-R-E. Which is really odd from a linguistics geek standpoint, because that kind of plural is something that you find in Latin, but chimera is clearly a Greek word. There is no real plural for chimera in ancient Greek because there was only one, right? That would be like saying, you know, Hercules is, you know, it's it's a singular figure. But then to try to pluralize it with this Latin plural is pretty strange. I don't know. I don't dislike it. I just think it's interesting. The Chimera entry in the Monstrous Manual for 2nd Edition begins with what I think is a really cool line. Quote, How Chimerae were created is a dark mystery better left unexplored. End quote. I personally think D&D could adopt this line more often in the future. More time is spent in 2nd Edition on the Chimera's personality, and of course it's chaotic evil, so it enjoys hunting and tormenting humanoids. We... They also talk about the Gorgamera, which is interesting. It's like a lion, a dragon, and a gorgon, which is particularly mean because it's got a breath weapon and a petrifying breath. Nasty. Third edition changed up the Chimera a little bit and allowed that dragon head to be of any chromatic color, which I actually kind of like. It had a little table for each one, because of course it did, and it also included the Chimera's carrying capacity, because of course it did. Did you know that a light load for a Chimera is up to 348 pounds? Yes, that's right. You heard me. 348. Not 350. 348. Those two extra pounds would break the Chimera's back. 
They, of course, appear in 4th edition, but they don't really push the envelope much. They're slightly more intelligent in 4e with 5 int, but that's otherwise about it. Uh, oh, and the ram head uh, attack could push, which is something I honestly think we could keep. Now, 5th edition kind of adds the most useful lore, I think. 2nd edition has a bunch of stuff about them being evil. But 5th edition makes the point that they are the spawn of Demogorgon, which kind of makes sense if Demogorgon's whole thing is the kind of like Etten two-head monster idea. I can kind of take or leave Demogorgon specifically, but I do really like that they play into the notion that the Chimera is this kind of like three-headed sort of a fractured character, right? That if it's got three brains, it would presumably have three agendas and want to do three different things. And and the Chimera is like a merging of all three of those personalities of a lion, a dragon, and a goat. And I think that's really cool. I think that's really kind of cutting down to what is the essence of this monster and what makes it interesting, as opposed to something like a manticore or a wyvern, which functionally are very similar. Yeah, and that's the history of the Chimera in Dungeons and Dragons. There's not a lot there, but I think 5th edition is kind of beginning to touch on what makes them interesting, and we're going to dive into that in just a second. Now, I personally don't really care for the Demogorgon angle. I'm not super into a lot of the established lore of the Forgotten Realms in my Dungeons & Dragons games. But I really like a lot of what the lore of the 5th edition Chimera goes into. They talk about the concept of them being these conflicted creatures. They have these three different instincts. They're kind of always at tug of war between, right? That the dragon head wants to collect gold and the lion head wants to hunt and kill other powerful creatures that the goat head grants a kind of a vicious stubborn streak and i think that's really really great it's kind of the etten rule right like if you run an encounter with an etten where there isn't some internal conflict between the two heads then you're really leaving most of the monster kind of on the table and i think that's sort of where i'm at with the chimera i think i almost want that to be pushed more and have more conflict baked into even the mechanics of the chimera which we'll talk about in a little bit But I think it's kind of amazing that it took us this long to get to that point, right? That it shows the 5th edition is more concerned with the story that you tell and not just the hit points of the monster. That's great, and I think this is one of the best examples of it here in 5th edition. My next favorite thing is a little simple. It's kind of exactly what it says on the tin, but you see a three-headed monster, you want it to have three attacks, and it has three attacks. It's a little bit of a cheat because one of them is the claws, right? But it's got the bite and the horns and the claws. I would love for the Chimera's three different attacks to do different things. Like maybe the lion's bite grabs you and the goat horns push you, right? But that's exactly what you want. You want it to have these three different powers. It has three different heads. The dragon head, of course, does the breath weapon. But there's just a very simple one-to-one. It's a three-headed monster. It has three attacks. That's about what you'd expect. And then lastly, I want to talk a little bit about Recharge. I think the Ankhag is the only other monster we've talked about so far that has a Recharge. But this is one of my favorite abilities from 4th edition, that you have certain powers the monsters have, that there is a chance, a random chance, a one out of three chance every round that they get back. It makes these encounters really swingy, which some people could say is a bad thing, right? If the Chimera is constantly recharging its breath weapon, it makes it a much more difficult fight. But it does add these sort of vacillating stakes into the combat. Sometimes that can really work against you if you're trying to make the encounter difficult, but the players are always tense to know whether they're going to get screwed again this round with another breath weapon. 
So I'm happy to see some mechanics like recharge brought in from 4th edition and incorporated. I think they could have incorporated a few more of those things, like minions and solo monsters. They sort of did that with legendary actions as well. But recharge is, I think, one of the best examples on the monster-facing side of a 4th edition mechanic alive and well in 5th edition. And that's awesome. Great. And those are the things we like about the 5th edition Chimera. Again, it's not a super complicated monster, so there's not a lot to say here necessarily. But next, we're going to talk about ways we could make the monster a little more complicated and therefore, I think, a little more interesting. All right, sing it with me, folks. The Chimera is boring to run. In the Chimera's defense, I will say it is probably one of the most exciting of the unexciting monsters we've covered. Compared to the Centaur, for example, the Chimera has a lot more going on. Like I say, it's got that recharge, it's got that multi-attack, it is just a generally more interesting monster. And so between flying and breathing fire and getting triple attacks in, it's definitely got more going on. That said, apart from multi-attack and that breath weapon, there's really nothing else here to recommend it. There is nothing the Chimera has that is unique to the Chimera, and that has really become kind of the bellwether to me for what makes a monster fun and interesting to run. Like, you look at the Beholder, no other monster works that way, and that's what makes it really cool, right? Chimera, breath weapon, some of the dragons have, multi-attack is something every monster has. There's really nothing here that is unique, and that's something I intend to fix when we get to improvements. My next one is kind of a lore complaint, and it's something that they're definitely phasing away from in Dungeons and Dragons these days, but I really don't like evil monsters that, like, quote, enjoy the fear and suffering of weaker creatures, end quote. Like, there's something about the unimaginative nature of, like, what evil is in this game, where they're constantly typifying it that way by saying, like, oh, this monster is evil, and therefore that means it enjoys the suffering of others. Like, Like, there's nothing human or understandable about that evil. Like, does a devil feel that way? Fine. But a chimera is a living creature, right? It eats food, it sleeps. There's no reason it would have that kind of a weird morality. I'm not saying you can't even make the argument that chimeras are inherently evil. But why are they evil? What's evil about them? You could definitely find a more complex, interesting evil in a monster like a chimera than just they enjoy the suffering of those weaker than them. Like, they enjoy it. Maybe they do it, right? Maybe they commit bad acts for their own gain. The idea that they do it out of sadistic pleasure just always rubbed me the wrong way. Save that for really obviously supernatural stuff like demons and aberrations. If it's a living creature that mates and has children and and is basically a person, then why would it think and act that way? Speaking of them being a person, I don't love that the Chimera is sort of just on the cusp of intelligence. They've waffled around, like I've said in the past, right? Like, in 4th edition, they had 5 intelligence. Here in 5th edition, they have 3 intelligence. But it raises this weird question where, okay, it's got the lion and the goat, right? But then it's also got a dragon head. So is there a red dragon's brain in there? Is it as intelligent as a red dragon? Is it a third as intelligent as a red dragon? Like, what is the weird science behind that? Like, if you cut open the brain of the red dragon head of the chimera, is it, like, smaller and less developed? Why does it only have intelligence three? 
Like, I, I think if you're if you're trying to make the argument that, like, yes, it has some of the dragon's intelligence, then three implies that each one of those heads is conferring one intelligence. Like, a lion has at least two intelligence, so you might as well give the chimera, like, six or eight intelligence, where it's not quite as smart as a dragon, especially because it's got these other two heads. But, yeah, it can talk, and it can reason, it can it thinks things. It, like, the chimera understands draconic. So if it understands Draconic, why doesn't it have higher intelligence? What is going on in that dragon brain? It's clearly enough to convey intelligence. But also, why can't it speak? Other dragons can speak. What's different about the Chimera that it can't speak the same language? It's just very confusing. I'm not opposed to them being less intelligent than a dragon. But some of the conflict could be that the dragon head of the Chimera is intelligent and is therefore kind of warring against its more bestial nature. That's an interesting conflict that might create some sort of tension with heroes where they wouldn't necessarily have to be just weirdly overtly evil and enjoy torturing weaker victims. You know, think about it. It's like they're halfway there on the lore, but they can't go all the way and pull the trigger. So, of course, now let's talk about improvements, ways we would make the Chimera more interesting of a monster to encounter and to run. So my first suggestion is something pretty radical. It's a mechanical suggestion, and I would basically take the recharge power and I would blow it way up. I like the idea that round by round, one of the three heads of the Chimera is in charge of the Chimera, that they are in this perpetual state of mental tug of war to see who gets to decide what they do and who takes what action. So maybe you roll a d6, one to two, the lion is in control, and then three to four, the goat is in control, and five to six, the dragon is in control. So you have some of that recharge in there already with the fire breath, but you could also probably gate certain attacks behind certain monsters. So when the lion is in control, right, it's the bite and the claws. When the goat is in control, it's like a horn attack and then maybe like a hoof kick, right, because the back legs are a goat. When the dragon is in control, definitely the breath weapon. You could maybe say it can only fly when the dragon is in control. Maybe it's got a tail attack it can do. Have its actions be really unpredictable. You don't know round by round what action the chimera is going to take, and that's part of where its chaos comes from, that it is always in conflict. It is never decided on one course of action. My second suggestion would be to either make the Chimera intelligent or don't, right? I think with the dragon head, it is pretty difficult not to argue that they're intelligent. But if you want to go that way, talk to me about why they're not intelligent, right? I think it is much easier to play with the idea of an intelligent dragon head that is saddled with these two dumb animal heads. And it's constantly trying to wrest control, right? It's speaking to the party. Maybe it wants to negotiate. Maybe it wants to be bribed with treasure. But then the lion head takes over and it attacks them trying to eat them. You could play with this notion of can you negotiate with an intelligent creature that only has control of one third of its body. It's better than saying that they're not intelligent, and it's way better than saying they're kind of weirdly half intelligent. And then lastly, I think we could push out the bounds of what a chimera is, right? Like, obviously, you could take a note from third edition. You could swap out those dragon heads for different colors of dragon. That's pretty easy to do. But I would even go so far as to say, like, there are other examples of chimerical monsters in mythology that it would be fun to see them explore. If a chimera isn't necessarily this exact combination, but just any combination of three monsters, you know, it makes me think about Amit from Egyptian mythology, which is like a hippo and a leopard and a crocodile. That was a big inspiration for a Thamhotep in XP Season 2. But there are lots of different creatures across mythology that basically fall into this category. 
And it would be cool to see a couple of other varieties. A template might be hard to do to make your own because of the, the number of possibilities. But even just the implication of this is what a chimera is. These are some other examples of chimeras that aren't just gated behind. It has this exact form. Great, and that is our episode on the Chimera. Like I say, I think it's a monster with a lot of potential to be interesting and unique that just hasn't really been exploited to its fullest extent. I think we're right on the verge of it, and hopefully we can give it a little push to make it a much cooler monster to run in your games. Next week, we're going to talk about um, an interesting and unique monster in Dungeons & Dragons. That is the Crustaceous Chewel. But that's next week. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget that three heads are better than one, and happy adventuring. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can follow us on Twitter at ProDMTimothy. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Even $1 a month gets you access to the redesigned monsters that we discuss here on the show. You can find us at patreon.com slash ProDM. You can catch those monster redesigned streams Thursdays at 2 p.m. PST on our YouTube channel. The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, used under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.